Welcome to Scandinavian Mind Weekly, our show about the current trends and events within business, tech, fashion, design, culture and more from the Nordic perspective of our team of editors and contributors. Today on the program, Ride launches a new autonomous trailer at their big event, Mesh Conference. We were there and we'll report. We'll also talk about our report on the fashion education system's digital makeover. And later in the program, we are joined by our special guest, Saina Kunavard, lecturer at Swedish School of Textiles. I'm Conrad Olsen, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm joined by Erik Sedin, our junior editor and our contributing editor, Oliver Dahle. Guys, you're going to have to carry this episode. My voice is not with me today. How are you guys? Uh, I'm good. I can't speak for Oliver, but I'm perfect. It's quite cozy. I feel like a nice Friday morning vibes with your, with your raspy voice. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. And everything's fine with me as well. Uh, Oliver, welcome to Stockholm. Usually you report from Florence, Italy, where you live, but you, you just arrived in Stockholm. Exactly. Lovely spring, uh, rainy weather here. Exactly. I came from uh, 32 degrees um, Florence, um, summer weather, more or less. And today it's, I think, around 10 degrees and um, pouring rain in Stockholm. So, yeah, quite a difference. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. And, uh, yeah, I have, I have a bit of a cold, but I also uh, attended the uh, Café Magazine uh, party last night celebrating the the 50 best dressed men in Sweden. Um, so I uh, just had to put that in there. Yes. <laughs> what spot did you get on that list? Do you know the exact spot? I, I, Top 10? I had, I had the honorary spot of 38. Oh, that's pretty uh, good. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, no, obviously I, it's, it's, it's great fun to be on the list. Uh, just <laughs> wanted to throw that out there. Uh, it, people act like they don't care. I'm old enough to admit it's, it's good fun to be on the list, um, <laughs> even though I'm not a, a cool actor or musician, <laughs> like some of the guys, are, you know, on the top of the list. <laughs> Anyways, we have a lot to talk about today. Erik, you uh, came back from Gothenburg uh, yesterday where you attended uh, the Mesh Conference hosted by a Swedish autonomous uh, vehicle, electric vehicle company, Einride, mm-hmm. uh, where they uh, had big news. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to hear what, what happened down there. I haven't, I've only seen a, f- a few things on, on social. Uh, give us the, the, the headlines to begin with. So yeah, Einride, uh, for people that don't, that don't know, Swedish uh, autonomous uh, frighting company. So they make trucks that uh, are completely electric and completely autonomous. And they've been around now for, I think, they originally started six years ago. And us at Scandinavian Mind, me personally, been writing about them for a while now. And uh, it was for me actually really nice to actually see their first pod that they introduced a couple of years ago. Actually mm. to see it in person because I've been seeing all these mock-ups. I've been reading about it for a couple of years now. I've been interviewing their founder, Robert Falk, and the other co-founders, Linnea Kornhead. So it's nice to actually see the truck there in space, uh, in person. But yeah, so they had this huge uh, tech launch event, you know, with everything, with the lasers. They had the house music. And when someone walked up on stage, did that little awkward dance that we get to know, <laughs> you know, perfect tech event, perfect tech oh, event. Always the lasers, always the lasers. <laughs> And it was uh, and it was great. They really they spared no expenses, uh, like they say in Jurassic uh, Park. And the big news uh, for us and for me was that they launched the big uh, Ainride trailer. Mm. So 
earlier, like I said, they had have the pod, which is kind of like a looks like a van, uh, size wise at least. But now this is like a full on truck, like a fry truck that you would see. That's like I don't know how to explain it, like six cars long, you know. Uh, and uh, like they're saying, like they said on the um, on stage and in the press release that he sent out, that it's come, it's going to be built and it's going in production next year. Like these tech companies usually say next year, it's gonna come next year. We'll see about that. It looked very nice, and they did though show the huge three hundred and sixty kwh. I don't know how to say that in tech terms, but it could be <laughs> kilowatt hours or whatever. Yes, yes. So a Tesla car, like a regular electric car, would be fifty. So it's uh, 360, almost uh, seven times as much. And this would yeah. give a range of uh, 650 kilometers for a big truck, though. So it's pretty impressive. And still, you know, it's not there yet, but they launched it and it was uh, pretty cool to see. And overall, a great, um, great uh, show and a great conference. They had this electrical uh, mobility panel, which I think they just read all the previous Can Even Mind magazine and <laughs> cherry picked all the people exactly. we've been writing about. Because I was watching that stage and I was like, I interviewed her, I interviewed him, <laughs> I looked at him before, and we know about him and her. So, so great event. It was Heart general. Airspace, uh, yeah. Cake, uh, Ride Cake. Yeah, and Exshore. Uh, Exshore. You know, we, we've done all big, big stuff on this. And also Mimbly, which is this uh, KTH. Um, initiative from Isabella Palmgren. They, mm. used, they started like really getting into microplastics these days because <laughs> mm. it's all over the news and I'm getting terrified of it's in our blood and it's in our in our lungs and stuff. But she like almost like five years ago started talking about this and she developed a a washing machine for clothes, a laundry machine that you, that the water is just reused with a filter. So it uses less water and it filters away the microplastics from the clothes. So she was there too. I, I've spoken to her a couple of years ago. So great event in general and really cool to actually see what Enride is doing in person. And when they uh, launched the, the trailer, what were some of the sort of innovations that made this happen? Why is this happening right now? I'm sure there are sort of technical hurdles. This huge battery need to be in place in order to, to be able to ha- put this on the road. This is an enormous thing. This gigantic kind of iPod looking <laughs> trailer <laughs> truck is going to go on yeah. the roads. Uh, what, what 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 was the 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 thinking around it? They were talking about how on stage when they had in general they were talking with this electric mobility panel about how they think from the EU from the from like this there will be these regulations about electrical freight now. Yeah. People will kind of could be and that could be the real change. Uh, some of them were talking about in Norway they're welcome with open arms and Norway kind of like hey we want to do electric planes go on you want to do electric freight uh, go on we'll help you we'll sort you out with the subventions and stuff so mm. they were talking about like jumping on I guess it, would ca- it was kind of for investors too but they were kind of like jump on now because you know uh, getting stuff from A to B has just been the same for so many years now so let's get it autonomous first of all and let's get it electrical because these regulations will come into place which I thought mm. was quite interesting. And did you say anything about the, the challenges that needs to be sort of overcome in order to, to put this on the road? As you say, many of these vehicles are always launched, you know, a year or two, or mm. in, the, in, the, in the case of, I think the Tesla Cybertruck is still like a couple of years away, uh, always postponing it. What, why is it taking so long to get these things on the road? Yeah, and this is also because they're completely autonomous. There is no, like, they don't even have a, like, a cabin or a driver. They don't even have a wheel or a driver's seat. Yeah. It's just a big pod. It's just a big square iPod on wheels, like you said. So, and that takes a lot of, like, of course, we can talk about, oh, it's autonomous and we can save money. We don't need truck drivers. 
but <laughs> I think we're quite far from um, getting them on the roads, going to like a port, going to an airport, and there's no one there to you know drive it, and then getting it across the country to another place. So even though they were talking about regulations might help them, they were also saying that the regulations, at least in Sweden, with autonomous driving and stuff, is quite slow. You know, getting these things on the road and safety and everything, uh, they have to be safe first of all before they're sent out there and they were talking about like now they're starting to test out like if there's fog if there's ice if there's rain how are these trucks going to manage that how do they manage like oh there's a reindeer herd coming across the road you know how are they gonna learn to take new paths and stuff yeah some work to be done there anything else to report from from uh, this event in terms of uh, what happened or speakers that you want to you know bring with you in your reporting obviously we'll we'll we haven't been able to uh, write the article yet, put it up online, but we'll, it'll come in, in next week, perhaps. But anything mm. else you want to, you know, say? Uh, great event. I would love to go on more tech events <laughs> for everyone listening. I thought a and they had a really cool, they had like a party the night before, which was kind of interesting to have the party before the conference. <laughs> I don't know if people <laughs> fell off there and not getting up in the morning, <laughs> but, but they had like this big DJ with like a big computer behind him and he was pulling all these cords and stuff. And it was, mm. it was cool. I loved it my cup of tea wonderful okay so more tech events and tech parties for eric sedin in the future uh, uh shout out to anyone listening uh perhaps some of these other companies heart aerospace i'm assuming is planning their launch event when uh, <laughs> once they are ready to to uh, put their uh, electric uh, airplane on the market we'll definitely dive into that All right, moving on. Of course, we have Oliver Dahle, our editor-at-large from Florence, Italy, uh, now present in Stockholm, with us here to talk about his two-part report on the fashion education system and their digital makeover. We touched on this briefly a couple of episodes ago, and now we're happy to have the author himself uh, here with us. Uh, Oliver, can you just give us the, the headlines about this report? Why are we doing this? Yes, sure. So my initial idea or like thought about this was, as you all may know, there is this big shift within fashion or like this tech wave with NFTs, uh, virtual worlds and uh, crypto and everything related to this. Mm. And uh, looking at this, I had this thought like, oh, is, is this like a marketing trick like a one-trick pony this will happen and then in five years it will all be over and how can we like see if this will stay in the long run Mm. and that's when I got the idea like okay let's look at the fashion education how are they training their students designers to be um, upcoming creative directors um, maybe marketing people, etc. all the roles that is going to be the future fashion industry. How are they mm. trained in the digital sphere? So, yeah, that was like the initial idea. And um, like doing this piece, talking with all the like directors, lecturers, um, teachers, everyone. Um, it really goes many ways. Um, the piece is really touching upon like subjects such as identity what is fashion really technical stuff like traditional technicalities like weaving sewing 
knitting, all these kind of things, but also how you will do this in your computer. Um, so yeah, I think it's very interesting and um, everyone I talked to had some really interesting insights and um, it really is a top, um, subject that is on everyone's mind in one sense or another. It was super fascinating. And we touched upon when you launched the, the first part of the report, uh, we had uh, the Swedish School of Textiles. We'll get back to that. We have a, a guest from there. It was via University College in, in uh, uh, Denmark, uh, Royal College of Art in London. Uh, and now we have another batch of schools we have interviewed, uh, launched on the website this week, Alta University in uh, Finland. Um, we also have the University of Art Linz in uh, Austria, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, 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 and and just when doing this, uh, you know, reporting, talking to these people, uh, what were some of the surprises from your end? What's the things that you you or or, or revelations uh, that you you realize when when doing this? Um, my biggest surprise, I think, is that this is a very big topic for everyone in one sense or another because um, I was thinking that there would be a bigger divide among the schools like let's say we are doing it and we don't but right. everyone is either they're quite far in doing it or they're like taking their initial steps so it's happening mm. in all the places in one way or another and this could be because you would like to uh, work more sustainably because you don't really have to do that much of sampling and uh, waste fabrics etc and all these kind of stuff or you could do like pure digital fashion like um, avatars skins and um, even create the like um, the avatar not the garments itself but the mm. the the thing in the game or whatever um, <laughs> like the man the little woman the, little yeah, the, <laughs> the identity the thing so yeah um so i think that was uh what surprised me the most like um this is happening guys it's like <laughs> we're going there um and everyone is doing it yeah, I love that. And there's a reason to be optimistic about the, the sort of uh, uh, awareness on the topic from everyone is, is really what you're saying. And uh, we, we touched upon the fact that this is also driven both by the students um, that they, they are, you know, we're seeing this in our reporting as well, that, you know, from the sort of grassroots creator economy, people are really wanting to design uh, fashion and, uh, and avatars and so forth for, for these digital worlds. But also, it's from the industry, right? There, there, there's a request from the industry to, for the fashion education system to actually educate people on on these topics. Uh, yes, definitely. And I spoke to Massimiliano Giornetti, who is the director of Polimoda in uh, Florence, mm. which also is a school um, which I am an alumni of. Shout out! Um, and Polimoda is working a lot with. Um, brand partnerships and like they have mentors from all over the industry collaborating with like the biggest brands and con conglomerates from the mm. luxury and fashion world so they're very much like entangled into the industry and like 
they want their alumni to be taking part and like learn what's needed in uh, fashion. And what he told me is like, this is a huge request now um, from the fashion industry. Right. Um, they want to have um, interns that knows how to do an NFT, how to like design digitally. And like he had meetings with like the major fashion companies in Italy and Europe, and they really want to like um, have students that know these things, that really know how to yeah, create digital pieces and also get them out there. And um, as you can see, like um, Gucci have been doing this now for a while, um, OTB, um, the only the brave, the diesel group with Marini, Gil um, Sander, um, Mesa Margiela. They have started their like digital fashion house brand thing. So mm. it's really like happening in many places. And um, so I really, and you know this as well, like it's very hard to know where it's going it's a new field and so it's very much up to like create this um, and no one really knows this and this is also one thing I think it's in the piece as well but the teachers didn't know how to teach these things like <laughs> two three years ago this thing happened uh, started to happening and then the pandemic came and then it was like, okay, now we really have to go over to digital. Mm. But no teacher could teach it. So, so yeah, the thing is so, very much happening, but it's up to everyone to create it. We're, we're going to continue on this topic in a moment with our guest, uh, uh, Saina Kunavard. But just uh, brass tacks here. Uh, uh, which school are the farthest ahead? Who's the best on this? And who's lagging most behind? Just uh, from your take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't think that's up for me to decide. And that you could do this in such many ways. And I think mm. um, um, it's up to everyone to read the piece and uh, uh, create their own opinion about it. Because I think you can't really compare Swedish School of Textiles with um, the Royal Academy in Antwerp or um, uh, Parsons or Esmog. They're all doing this in such different ways. So mm. um, I don't really want to pick a winner here because I <laughs> think there might be a winner in everyone in one way or another. Yeah, well, so Oliver is a lecturer himself working in this fashion school system. So very diplomatic answer, uh, <laughs> perhaps, uh, perhaps good, good so. Uh, but it, but it kind of goes to show then that there is not really a cohesive way of doing this. There's not co a cohesive approach. Uh, they haven't sort of uh, uh, made up their minds about doing this in, in a similar fashion. Could, is, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. As I said in the beginning, um, you could focus on doing um, real fashion, like uh, physical garments, but create them digitally to um, be more sustainable and save transportation costs and um, yeah, materials and everything. Or you could do it like to create NFTs, virtual fashion or whatever. And 
or you could just do sketches digitally. So yeah, many, many ways to do this. And um, yeah. Yeah, we're going to stick on this topic with our uh, upcoming guest. I just want to plug that this is also uh, something we will be touching upon in our upcoming transformation conference happening in Helsinki at end of May and in Stockholm end of uh, August. Uh, we'll get back to that, but I think the invites for the Helsinki event just went out the other day for anyone who subscribes to our uh, newsletter. Oliver, thank you so much for doing this report. It's a really hefty uh, assignment and, uh, uh, you know, uh, many interviews and many hours, I assume, going into this. Uh, and uh, really, no, we're, we're so happy to have you on, on board as, as a contributor. All right, we're going to continue on the topic of the fashion education system. And we are joined by Saina Kunavard, lecturer at the Swedish School of Textiles. Saina, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, uh, you know, obviously we've been talking about uh, Oliver Dahles' report here on the fashion uh, educational system. Uh, just from, from your perspective, uh, you know, do you th why do you think, uh, you know, digital fashion is important or, or do you think is important? And wh what's your sort of headline uh, to, to this topic? Um, well, I mean, I th obviously I think it's important because I'm, I'm quite biased. I'm, I'm super interested in this area. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's important because this is sort of the technology is leading us in a way. We are going towards this direction. We're seeing a huge development taking place. But then again, it's, it's extremely uncertain towards where this is going in and the impact it will have in, I don't know, five years, 10 years, or perhaps even two years. Um, but I think it's important as an educator to prepare students for the different different aspects that are going on in, in technology-wise. I mean, we teach them a bunch of different techniques, and I see this as um, digital technology as, as, um, as an important tool to grasp uh, as a student, at least nowadays. Mm -hmm. So as from an educator point of view, I, I see that the students have to know what this entails at least a little bit, and then they can decide for themselves if they want to pursue a career within this uh, particular pathway or if they want to specialize in it even more. But um, to introduce them is, is key, I think. And in, in the report that we've published, we see uh, quite a lot of different approaches from the different uh, uh, fashion schools across uh, Europe and the world. How would you describe the approach that you have at the Swedish School of Textiles uh, when it comes to, to digital fashion and these new uh, technologies? Um, well, this approach is quite new. I would say that we implemented this back in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then a bunch of us who are researching this topic, you know, PhD candidates and, and some of us who are in, in different types of research projects, we've been sort of dealing with this technology or parts of this technology for... Um, some years prior to that, but it was introduced to the Fashion BA curriculum uh, in 2019 and same thing for the MA uh, curriculum in, in fashion and textile design. Um, and our approach here is basically, first of all, it was all about Clothe 3D and to introduce them to, to that particular software. What is it? What can you do with it? Wow, look at this. This is a really great way of... of um, minimizing waste. I mean, that is the primary reason why I think a lot of 
companies and perhaps a lot of educational institutions use close 3D. But then as we went on, sort of, we, we quickly introduced them also to VR technology and to other extended reality technology, um, AR. And this is also because we have a PhD candidate researching this area. So naturally, the research tr- sort of trickles down into um, undergraduate and graduate levels. So, um, but yeah, the foundation is ba- the the approach is basically to give them a, a foundation in in these various different types of software that exist. Um, you know, same thing that we do with the different Adobe software that exists and then introduce them to these different types of methods and then um, they can see they can select for themselves if, they, if this is something that they want to specialize in if they want to do degree works within this area or if they want to do different types of design projects within this area so it's about um, introducing them more to the foundation and uh, so that the threshold of learning something new doesn't become as high if something else would to emerge mm. uh, because it most surely will. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask. I thought it was. I thought your questions and your answer in this uh, in this series was really interesting and really good. But this one is kind of maybe it's hard for you to answer. But of course, as a fashion education and a fashion school, you have the students on one side. They might be really into it. They may be like, "Oh, we want to do digital fashion, and this is the new thing." And then you might also hear from like these guest lecturers, and you might hear from the industry in general, like, "Hey." We need you guys to learn your students digital because that's why we need them later. Have you found that from both sides that they're like both from the students and from the industry that they're like, hey, let's get digital, like let's mm. get going? Maybe, maybe from some parts of the industry, uh, that voice is a little bit louder. Um, I wouldn't say that that particular approach is is dominating. Um, mm. Now it is it is more that we. I mean, we have um. At the Swedish School of Textiles, we have, uh, you know, we have a program board. So we invite um, representatives from the industry to this board, and then we have meetings uh, twice a year. Um, and so now it's basically us asking the industry. So what do you, what are you looking for? Uh, what do you think about this d- development in digital technology that is taking place? How can we sort of prepare students? Um, the best way possible. How do you work with these tools? Um, what is important to you, and so on and so forth. It, it's more from from that perspective rather than the other way around. But I wouldn't be surprised if you know in a couple of years this this discussion is going to be much more intensified, where the industry is actually going to more articulately um, ask for this type of competence. But we're not 100%, we're not there yet, I would say. Um, Because a lot of these companies um, are still learning to understand these types of tools and what they can do with them. I mean, if if you think about... Um, you know, these large, large companies such as H&M or, um, you know, Acne or, or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite new to the way of working. So it's not like everyone is 100% sure um, what type of digital competence they need, but they know they need it at some, at some extent, but not exactly uh, how much or... Um, uh, can I break in here? Because I think this like more laid back attitude towards this new phenomena is quite 
Scandinavian, I'd say, because um, both from Swedish School of Textiles, Alto in Finland, but also Via in Denmark. And the digital tools is much more used to like um, sustainably source uh, materials, um, reduce uh, waste and all these kind of things. Um, Or at least that's what everyone is talking about, what is interesting about it. But talking to more international universities um, it's much more like nfts virtual fashion let's go forward jump into this and so i think there is a difference in that sense um looking at it mm. internationally versus scandinavia that's interesting that's, yeah mm. um i mean i think um We've we've certainly talked about NFTs, but that's not, not that's not something that we in our courses say that okay, guys, today we're going to sit down and we're going to create a bunch of NFTs to to put out. <laughs> we don't do that. Um, for us, it's I mean it it depends on what type of um, educational approach you have um, to some to some extent, I guess. We when we talk about digital technology, we're interested in the expressive output of that technology so we want the students to explore the expressive potential in that so it doesn't necessarily have to result in an end product um i I would say that that is the case in in all of the different techniques i mean it could be weaving or knitting or sewing printing you name it it's all about the expressive qualities what can we do um with this technique how far can i push it um how can it be interpreted? What um, what new methods can be found or introduced to fashion design to the fashion design practice? So I think that that is that is um, simplified our approach um, in terms of education. So I guess that maybe that can be interpreted as a more laid back because it is. <laughs> uh, we, we see it as we see it as a technique. We see it as a as a skill and and a skill that you can explore uh, the expressive potential within. And I I think you said one thing very interesting in the interview, which was um, I don't remember it exactly, but it was something like this that um, this new digital phenomena is making us talk about the differences. Um, among brands but also like education and like what is happening earlier we haven't done this in the same way uh, but it always have existed and i think in this piece it's uh, nine educational institutions that have been interviewed and i think there is nine different point of view to this phenomena more or less you think like future wise that it will be more let's say streamlined that everyone will work in the same way or will it continue like this? I mean, today we have, as I, as, as I said also in the interview, I think it, I I don't think it would be that different. I mean, um, today we have fashion education programs all over the world that specialize in different things that have their own brand or they, they have an approach to fashion. I mean, fashion design is a huge area. It's a huge area. I mean, you. Some schools are more into trends. Some schools are more into experimental methods. Some some more into commercial application. Um, I think we're still going to see those differences. Um, 
So, I, I, I mean, I don't think that just because digital technology emerges, we're all going to work in the same way. Right now, the industry demands many different things. I mean, there are so many different brands with so many different approaches. Some, you know, we see... Uh, sustainability, zero waste, um, remake, reuse brands uh, emerging more and more. But that doesn't mean that all all of the fashion programs of the world are going towards that particular area. I think that this is just going to be one technique among several uh, or one skill set among several that some may want to focus on more, whereas others might still want to teach or or educate students in that more traditional way you know it's so I don't think that this is going to change I mean who am I to say I don't know (laughs) I might be wrong Uh, but I I, I, honestly I don't I don't um, it's a a super tough question it's a really good question it's super tough though (laughs) well I think that that goes to why we're kind of doing this report uh, in Mm. the first place just kind of survey what are the different uh, approaches what are the different perspectives and it's really interesting to see uh, the the sort of diverseness of answers from from the different schools and and we'll certainly continue to to explore this uh, in the Scandinavian Mind platform I'm curious from from your perspective uh, from a um, kind of student perspective how do you how would you describe the level of curiosity uh, and uh, uh, you know excitement around some of these technologies we've seen examples of of students coming out uh, from I think other schools I'm not sure uh, from from your schools coming out uh, with a fashion designer skill and started working at a gaming company for instance mm. like <clears throat> the, the skill of uh, creating uh, uh, you know uh, fashion becomes the skill of creating a skin for an avatar for instance uh, from from your perspective uh, down in Burros, what's what's the excitement level among the students would you say I mean, first of all, I think that that was great. I think it was Ungsvensk Forum that uh, had part of their jury. They had massive entertainment come in. Yeah. Um, and so I was I was thrilled also because Massive has developed one of one of my all-time favorite games. So I was um, I was super excited that they were oh, part of that gamer. jury. That's great. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, I, I think that, that this skill set definitely shows that um, I mean, those types of collections, that graduate collection that um, um, that student made is one example of, you know, showcasing, ah, two, two gaming companies that, hmm, I mean, this, this, is a, this is something that we could use or this is a skill mm. that we could implement. And I think that that is uh, absolutely wonderful because it opens up um, a new pathway for fashion designers. And... Um, around that time, we we had I think that we had our course in in digital technology uh, among our first year BA students, and I remember that some of the students have asked me, um, so when will we when will we have that course, Sina? Is that is that course coming up? I'm I'm really excited about that course. Are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna do something towards? Are we gonna are we gonna use uh, game engines? You know stuff like that. So um, I think many are super excited. Um, but as many students, you're interested in different things. Not everyone is a gamer, perhaps, um, or um, is interested in that type of expression because digital technology comes with a form of expression. And I think that sometimes that discussion is also a little bit missed, uh, mm. that there is um, there is a particular um, 
uh, way of form thinking or um, in digital technology uh, that we that we see a lot. Um, let me let me pick up on that because I, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. We we've had people talking in our platform uh, in our latest magazine about uh, the sort of uh, perspective that we, we are, we're going to see an emergence of a separate digital fashion industry and and that these there's going to be a physical fashion industry working in the kind of similar ways that we we are working today and the the questions of course is going to be about you know supply chain and waste management and how to uh, limit the use of, of materials and so forth uh, and and then there's going to be a emergence of, of a digital fashion industry working more in metaverse spaces gaming you know social media uh, um, uh, you know virtual reality and so forth <clears throat> and obviously what connects them is uh, the design part and the identity part uh, but they're not connected in, in this the, the, the end product is obviously completely different one one is physical and one is digital yeah. uh, if you want to speculate do you would you agree to this sort of scenario of, of two different industries is that plausible do you think yeah I think that's plausible now we have um, digital fashion companies uh, I mean they're they are all over my feed so I'm I'm, I'm I'm like, wow, they're everywhere. Uh, but obviously, they're in my feed. Uh, no, but we have them, and we have DressX, we have Fabricant, and we have, you know, Atakak. And I definitely think that it's going to be, sure, two camps or whatever you want to call it. But a mix is also something that we've seen, that a lot of fashion companies explore different types of digital environments, you know, just to test, um, just to connect with a different audience. I think that that is taking place and will will surely take place more and more but what is interesting is that a lot a lot of the fashion that we see in these digital environments are basically copies of our physical world so everything is like a digital twin of 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 our physical world when there are so many endless possibilities in that physical space. Uh, I mean, you can you can express whatever you want. You can dress however you want. You can, you know, I can wear, I don't know, I can wear smoke if I want, or maybe that would be very <laughs> difficult for for an engine. But anyway, it it, it um, uh, there are so many possibilities. So I think that now it's it's about the twins. What I think is going to be interesting is when. When um, when we see examples that go a little bit further from that, step away from that a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's going to be two camps, um, but also a mix. Um, the way we see it now, but who knows? It's it's. Who knows? For sure, I think you know. Anytime, every time we have these conversations, I feel like we're we're only at the beginning of the conversation itself, and we're yeah. only going to see in, in in the course of the next, you know, just few months. It's going to be different. A few years, definitely uh, more different. Perhaps ne- next time we'll, we'll do this interview. It's going to be in a VR space. We're all uh, going to be wearing uh, mm. smoke. Uh, Would love that. <laughs> your lecturer at the Swedish uh, School of Textiles in Borås. Uh, thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for having me. All right, that was a great conversation with Saina Kunasvard, lecturer at the Swedish School of Textiles. 
uh, as I said, I think this conversation can just go on forever. And uh, we certainly did after uh, stopped recording with her, uh, just kept talking. Anyways, this has been the Scandinavian Mind uh, weekly podcast. Uh, so happy to have uh, Oliver Dada with us this week. Uh, come back soon. Uh, Eric Sedin, uh, again, just to plug our transformation conference coming to Helsinki in a couple of weeks, May uh, 31st. If you're in town, uh, let us know. We can secure you a spot for that. It's limited seats, but I'm sure we'll, we'll make it happen. And that conference travels back to Sweden with some of the Swedish uh, uh, Swedish and Finnish uh, um, fashion innovation companies at the end of August, August 25th uh, to be exact, at uh, during the Nordic Fabric Fair. Uh, so that will happen. If you want to learn more about this and about upcoming talks and events, sign up to our newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter. Uh, guys, have a great weekend. Thank you. See ya. Thank you.